Ciao, amici. Dolores here. And this is a very special episode of the Italian American podcast. Back in episode 23, we interviewed Lou Del Bianco, who was fighting to get his grandfather, Luigi Del Bianco, the recognition he deserved as Chief Carver on Mount Rushmore. After decades of fighting to try and get his grandfather recognized, Lou finally did it. And you're about to go on a trip to Mount Rushmore, along with Anthony and Lou, for the special unveiling ceremony at Mount Rushmore. So you can partake in this special day. Buon viaggio! This is the Italian American Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping Italian Americans learn about their heritage. We talk to experts, authors, and everyday Italian Americans on all things Italian, from traditions, culture, food, genealogy, travel, and more. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and today we are changing it up just a bit. That's right. I'm taking you on a trip with me, and we are headed to the Black Hills of South Dakota. You're probably thinking, are you serious? Am I listening to the right podcast here? Yes, don't worry. This is the Italian American Podcast. And way back on episode 23, as Dolores mentioned, we featured Italian American Lou Del Bianco in a story segment talking about the fight he has been fighting for over 25 years, which was trying to get his late grandfather, Luigi Del Bianco, credit for being the chief carver on the Mount Rushmore National Memorial. Well, guess what? Persistence does pay off, my friends. Lou's efforts finally brought two United States National Park Service historians to his house in Westchester, New York, and they reviewed the documents he had accumulated through the years of hard work. And now, on September 16, 2017, the late Italian-American Luigi Del Bianco will be finally named Chief Carver on Mount Rushmore. There will be a ceremony on the mountain where a plaque will be unveiled. And I am honored to be speaking during the ceremony. And even better, you are coming with me. That's right. We're taking a trip together. Right now, I'm just about to leave for the airport and board a plane that will bring us to South Dakota later this afternoon, where we will meet up with Lou Del Bianco. Again, I say we, meaning you and me. Before we get going here, I do want to mention a few opportunities coming up to meet Dolores and I and even eat with us, which I know that as an Italian American is going to make you happy. So firstly, Dolores and I, along with Arthur Avenue Food Tours, will be hosting a Feast of the Seven Fishes, a two and a half hour food tasting tour on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx in early December. There are only 15 spots. So we will first share the registration page through our private community, which is called the New Neighborhood, a place for Italian Americans. If you're a member, you'll have an opportunity to register for the event. If you're not a member, please consider joining us at italianneighborhood.com. Listen, the tour is going to be a lot of fun. I just went on an Arthur Avenue food tour and it was amazing. They do a great job. Danielle O'Terry, she is just phenomenal. She knows her stuff when it comes to Arthur Avenue. And with regards to our new neighborhood community, beyond just meeting and networking with other passionate Italian-Americans, you do get first shot at special events like this one. So again, check out ItalianNeighborhood.com and consider joining us. 
Secondly, I will be doing a library tour with my book, 40 Days in Italy con la mia familia, through New York and New Jersey, and who knows, maybe beyond. Stops on the tour will include libraries in Nanuet, Sachem, Nyack, Hillsdale, Ridgewood, and Bloomfield, where I will be participating in their Italian feast on October 21st. For all of the events, go to italianamericanexperience.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on our website. All right. So my main guest throughout this episode will be Lou Del Bianco. We'll be speaking with Lou before the ceremony to get his thoughts on how after 25 years of hard work pursuing this recognition for his grandfather, how it feels that it's actually happening. We're going to attend Lou's performance where he will dress up like his grandfather and put on a play at Mount Rushmore. And then immediately after that, we're going to attend the official ceremony and you're going to hear some of the speakers. And then lastly, in the story segment, we reflect with Lou the day after, which is a really, really powerful interaction that I think you're really, in fact, I know that you're really, really going to enjoy. Uh, One thing that I do want you to know about this episode is you may have to raise and lower the volume a bit. It's because this was all done on the road. So there's different microphones used, different venues outside, inside. So bear with me on the volume side of it. But I think our producer, Danny, did a great job on, on pulling these files together. So before I tell you a little bit more about Loom, before we take off for South Dakota, I'd like to offer a brief word from our sponsor, the National Italian American Foundation. I'm John Viola president of the National Italian American Foundation, proud supporters of the Italian American podcast. At NIAF, we know there's nothing more important than family, and we invite you to be a part of ours. We work hard to protect our great heritage, to promote the Italian language, to build stronger ties between Italy and the United States, and to serve as your voice in our nation's capital. Most importantly, with over a million dollars a year in scholarships and grants, we provide young Italian Americans help in earning a solid education and becoming future leaders for our community. To find out more about how your support serves the community, visit us online at www.niaf.org and become a part of the NIAF family. All right. Now, before we head out to the airport, let me just tell you a little bit more about Lou Del Bianco, besides the fact that he's been fighting for his grandfather, because by the way, he's built up an illustrious career as a children's performer. Lou Del Bianco has been working with children of all ages since 1982. According to the New York Times, Lou's dramatic approach to storytelling puts POW into passivity. The Parents' Choice Foundation states that few performers excel as both storyteller and musician, but Lou Del Bianco is one who does. Lou has been performing all over the country, from the Taste of Chicago to the Kravis Center to Carnegie Hall. His music video, A Little Bit Clumsy, is presently playing on the Learning Channel. Lou's portrayal of Abraham Lincoln has been endorsed by the Lincoln Bicentennial Commission. His grandfather, Luigi, chief carver on Mount Rushmore, was recently honored by TLC's Cake Boss with a remarkably lifelike cake of the American icon. Lou's one-man show about his grandfather has received rave reviews from schools to libraries, to historical groups, and so on. Lastly, I want to say that I just helped Lou to publish the full story of his grandfather's work and his journey over the last 25 years to get his grandfather this recognition. The book is titled Out of Rushmore's Shadow, The Luigi Del Bianco Story. And here's the subtitle, which I absolutely love the most, An Italian Immigrant's Unsung Role as Chief Carver. (laughs) 
Dolores also helped us out with the book as far as the editing goes, and really the book is dynamite. It's 350 pages, but over 100 of those pages are photos and documentation that really tells this story. And Lou's writing style, it's one that tells a story. I mean, I couldn't put the book down when I first got my hands on it, and it really is captivating. You can get the book on Amazon by simply going to rushmorebook.com. Again, that's rushmorebook.com. And if you don't believe me, just read some of the reviews on Amazon. All right, now here's a quote from Gutzon Borglum, the designer of Mount Rushmore, speaking about Luigi Del Bianco. Borglum says, he is worth any three men I could find in America for this particular type of work. That sounds like a quote about a hardworking Italian-American to me, and that's exactly what Luigi was. All right, we're off. We'll be together in South Dakota in just a few moments. All right, so we made it to South Dakota, and I'm glad you came with me. Right now I'm cruising on US-16 from the airport, heading to the hotel where, where I'll meet Lou Del Bianco. And the landscapes here are amazing. Rolling hills, tall pine trees, grazing cattle. I've seen some bears and some bear parks on the side of the road. It's drizzling a bit, foggy, but it's just beautiful. Certainly not views that I'm accustomed to in New York and New Jersey, but just beautiful. And I'm definitely excited. I'm really anxious. I'm Excited to go and meet Lou and his family at the hotel. I've been working with Lou now for three to six months to bring this book to life, to put his journey into this book that we just published, Out of Rushmore Shadow. And in doing that, I had to read over Luigi's story several times, go through all the photos, the images, the documents. And so now I'm really getting excited. And I've never actually seen the mountain, but every billboard that I'm driving by is just Mount Rushmore. Everything around here revolves around Mount Rushmore. Every time I pass one, I'm thinking about Luigi. I'm seeing the faces. I'm thinking about him carving. So it's just awesome. I'm excited to be here. In just a few minutes, we're going to be at the hotel, and we'll, we'll start talking to Lou about his feelings about the ceremony tomorrow, and uh, we're going to get right into it. And I'm so glad you came with me. We're here. We made it to South Dakota for this really exciting weekend where Luigi Del Bianco will be named Chief Carver on Mount Rushmore. Just an amazing story. I'm here, sitting here in the hotel room now with Lou Del Bianco, Luigi's grandson. And <laughs> Lou's just joking that a couple of boys from New York and New Jersey are out here in South Dakota. <laughs> yes. But there's a real reason. And Lou, before we get into the whole ceremony and everything here that we're all excited about, for those listeners that aren't familiar with your grandfather and his accomplishments, why don't you talk a little bit about him and kind of your journey right. and your mission? Okay, so long story short... In 1985, the most definitive book on Mount Rushmore came out. It was called The Carving of Mount Rushmore by Rex Allen Smith. And my uncle Caesar, when he wrote it, he couldn't believe that his father, who was the chief carver on Mount Rushmore, Luigi Del Bianco, wasn't even mentioned once. And so my uncle and I decided to work together to find out his importance. And after four trips to the Library of Congress, we unearthed all of this amazing documentation yes. and shared it with the National Park Service in Mount Rushmore for 25 years. And every time we tried to convince them that he was such a vital part of the work, they kept saying, no, he was a worker. He was classified as a worker. There were 400 workers on Mount Rushmore. They are all credited as a team. And the only one who gets special recognition are Gutzon Borglum and his son, Lincoln. And so basically what they were saying was that 
out of the 400 people, the hoistmen who just basically worked the uh, bucket that went across to the mountain to deliver tools was just as important as the man who carved the refinement of expression in the faces. And that, to me and my uncle, was just patently wrong. And so it's been quite a thing. <laughs> it's been quite a thing. That's all I can say. And I'm really glad this day is here. I really can't believe it. I, I still can't believe I, it. I mean, and I met Lou back on episode 23 when Dolores said, oh, we're going to interview some guy who said his grandfather carved Mount Rushmore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> single-handedly. <laughs> and um, my initial thought was, that's interesting. Yeah. And then we talked to Lou, and I said, you know, this is this is like, it's an amazing story. He's on a mission. And I got on his mailing list, and I kept in touch with Lou, and I got an email from Lou saying, I wrote this whole book about my journey over 25 years, and I'm looking for a publisher for it. And the next thing you know, we had lunch. He gave me a copy of the book, and I said, I want to publish it with you. Yeah. And we've been working on it together for six months. And i got to tell you, we're not going to be able to go into the 25 years on this podcast episode. But in the book, which you can check out at RushmoreBook.com, there's over 100 images and documents that take you on this whole journey, Lou's journey, and his uncle. And it's just amazing. Doing the book when it was one thing, but now being here in South Dakota, I know. getting ready to go to the mountain <laughs> tomorrow, where they're actually going to officially name Luigi Del Bianco Chief Carver. There's going to be a ceremony. We're going to speak. You're going to hear some of those speeches. You're going to hear some of Lou's performance all in this episode. But Lou, before we get there, I mean, you got in yesterday. You went there this morning to check things out. What are you feeling right now? What am I feeling right now? Um, Is it describable? Yeah, I can't describe it. I really can't. I keep pinching myself. You know, when you hit roadblock after roadblock for so many years, I talked to a group of college kids the other day and I was like, basically, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. And these are like really bright, young, yeah. ready to go out into the professional world, ready to get their graduate degrees. And they just looked at me like, what? You mean in my whole life? I said, yeah, if that's going to put it in perspective, a quarter century. So I don't think it's really, I don't know when it's going to sink in. It might sink in tomorrow when the plaque's unveiled. It might sink in afterwards. It might sink in a month from now. But I will tell you this, that I feel a great burden lifted from me. And I say that on the shoulders of my Uncle Caesar yeah. and my father and so many of my family members, my Aunt Gloria, who have been hoping for this day. It makes sense that you said that, Lou, about the burden, because you put so much in. I mean, this has been a massive part of Lou's life yeah. for a long time. I mean, he spent so much time on this to the point that even part of his profession is doing a performance where he is his grandfather. This is his life, and I think it's going to be an amazing moment tomorrow for Lou, for his family, for Italian-Americans, for all Americans, for immigrants. I mean, I think that the day has an impact for so many people, and we're thrilled that you're coming with us through this podcast. And what we're going to do next is the next thing you're going to hear is you're going to hear us getting to the mountain tomorrow. And Lou is going to put this performance on. Lou, why don't you talk just briefly about your performance? What, okay. are people gonna, what do people see when they see the performance? Give us a little overview. Okay. Well, basically, I start my performance with a PowerPoint presentation. And I show images of myself and my grandfather when I was a little boy and the bond and connection that we had because I was his only grandson and his namesake. And how he used to literally say, I am Luigi and you are Luigi, which cemented this connection that I've had my whole life. And when I found out that he was the chief carver, I wanted to talk about him to my classmates. And that's really where it all began. It was uh, me taking a little booklet 
about Mount Rushmore and looking for him, looking for my grandpa right. and never finding him. Yeah. And we've been looking for him ever since. So it's about a grandson and his love for his grandfather's legacy. But it's also the story of an immigrant, an Italian immigrant who comes to America and is the chief carver on a great American icon. So the audience learns about Luigi's journey as an immigrant. And then I become my grandpa. I'm dressed in the same outfit that he wore in the 30s. I take it off of a photo with him in the studio. He's there with shirt and tie and knickers and plus fours. And he talks to the audience. He talks about his experience on the mountain. He talks about how the mountain was carved. He talks about the year that he brought his family out there and how they had to adjust to life out in God's country. And then afterwards, the audience learns about his life after Rushmore and how he went back and humbly carved headstones for a living. Yeah. And I love it when people in town say to me, your grandfather carved Mount Rushmore and he carved my mother's headstone too. Wow, that's beautiful. And then I share with them, I show them the documents. I tell the story of my grandfather's trials and tribulations of his struggles out there. He quit several times. Borglum, the designer, paid him out of his own pocket. He said he was the only efficient, intelligent sculptor on the work who understands the language of the sculptor. So I really let the audience know that this information is in the Library of Congress. It was unearthed by my uncle and me. We've shared it. And now it's finally being recognized as irrefutable proof of my grandfather's importance. So Absolutely. it's part lecture, it's part performance, it's a little bit of everything. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. one thing that I'll tell you from the Italian-American aspect of this story that comes out through the book, which, by the way, the title of the book is Out of Rushmore Shadow, the Luigi Del Bianco story. And what comes out, Lou, is his Italian-American spirit which is family and community, because one of the biggest things that you'll see if you check out the book is the biggest thing that kind of tugged on Luigi's heartstrings was his family, because he had to leave his family every time he went to the mountain for the season to carve, except for the time that he brought them with him, because it right. just became too much for him. You're right. Yeah. But we have postcards in the book of yeah. him writing to his kids and his family back. It's just amazing. I mean, I'm, you know, we're getting goosebumps, yeah. but both of us here talking about it, but... <laughs> That's what made me want to work on this project because Lou showed me all these pictures, all these photos, and all of you out there listening right now know what I'm talking about. If you had to leave your family for months out of a year every year, you'd be feeling the same way. Right. Of course. That, for me, is what made me feel that Italian-American. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm really, because that was, that was an important part of the book for me to show that. Yeah. It was. The pull. The pull, pull of the family. of, pull of the family. Of yeah, without a doubt. And it, it's no surprise that eventually they all just went with him. Because yeah. for an Italian family to be separated like that, at some point they're just going to come together from what you know, we've yes. seen a lot of instances, right? Yes. And then, then there's a whole part of the book with my grandfather's pull back to Italy when he was a little older. He had to go back and he would spend a lot of time there. It's the pull to family. It's a pull to roots. It's just occurring to me that this is happening. Just, and then that the quiet little few seconds there. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to hear from us next at the mountain. Um, like I said, we'll get some audio from the performances and uh, we're ready to go. We're getting ready to head off to Mount Rushmore. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Okay, well, it's still the evening before the ceremony, but Lou and I took a ride over to the mountain because there were some issues with the plaque. The plaque that's supposed to be unveiled tomorrow.
tomorrow for Luigi was going to be made in Florida. And we all know what happened with Florida recently with Irma. So they were going to use um, a substitute plaque. But somehow someone from that, they ended up going into the factory in Florida, made the plaque and sent it here. And now Lou and I are here trying to make sure that it's actually here. So we're hoping that it makes it for the ceremony. Otherwise, we won't be able to use the actual plaque tomorrow. So again, we're just here. It's too foggy right now to see the the presidents, unfortunately. But we're hoping by tomorrow for the ceremony, the plaque will be here and it will not be foggy and we'll be able to see the presidents. So let's see what happens. We got back from the mountain dealing with the plaque issue and all that. And again, this is still the night before the ceremony. And then we ended up going out to dinner with about a group of 24 people, mostly Lou's family. So got a group of Italian Americans going out to dinner in downtown Keystone, South Dakota, which was a scene in itself. But towards the end of the dinner, Lou's wife stands up and she is reading the book again, which she helped to write, Lou's new book, Out of Rushmore Shadow. And she finds this passage in the book that the head designer, Borglum, speaking about Luigi Del Bianco. And she wrote it down. She brought it to the restaurant and she stood up and she read it. And here it is. It's amazing. This is Borglum talking about Luigi. Okay. Lincoln Borglum, the son of Dutton Borglum, remembered he, Bianco, came back from Portchester, New York, his family was back there. He worked sometimes four or five months. You know why? Because they couldn't work in the winter. And once he was the only guy working on that mountain. This is amazing. Of course, Bianco, these are his words. Of course, Bianco, the Italian, was not in the same classification. He could carve a statue or something in marble. Amen. Yay. Isn't she the greatest? Oh, I love that quote. That is in the book. You have got to understand what you're representing. It's a lot more than your grandfathers and your fathers. It's what's going on. All right, today's the big day. It's Saturday morning, the day for the ceremony. I'm about to leave from Mount Rushmore and wind up the mountains. There's still some balls in the air, so while I'm excited, I'm a little nervous. It's still drizzling, but it doesn't look as foggy, so I'm hoping we're going to be able to see the presidents. We weren't able to see them last night. Secondly, the plaque was not here as of 9 o'clock last night. It was not delivered yet to Mount Rushmore. We were told that it's going to be here this morning at 9 a.m. and the ceremony's at 11. So we are cutting it close this 25-year journey is not going to end that easily for Lou and his family, but I'm confident that it's going to be a great day all around. I just i am so excited for it. So let's go. We're here and good news, bad news. The good news is that the plaque is here, which is huge. You can't really have a plaque unveiling without the plaque. The bad news is that it's just too foggy to see the mountain. So the ceremony is going to be inside, which is okay. We're all still really excited. Lou's ready to do his performance. They made some beautiful programs and uh, we're ready to go. So it's time to get going. 
The show is just about to start. I'm sitting here next to Lou's sisters, and the plaque just got here. It's being wheeled in as we speak. You can't really make this up. And um, one of the U.S. historians is here from the Park Service, and he just leaned over to me and said, you're about to watch U.S. history being made. All right, I'm just cutting in here. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Now, you're about to hear some excerpts of Lou's performance. It was 45 minutes, so we just included a few excerpts here. In the beginning, you'll hear him as himself talking about his grandfather. Then he transforms into his grandfather, and he puts on this heavy kind of Italian accent, and then he'll go back to himself, and he'll end by talking about uh, showing some evidence of how needed his grandfather was on the mound and how the work could not continue without him. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank my family, my whole family, <laughs> for being here today. Uh, my name is Lou Del Bianco. Uh, I'm an actor, singer, and a storyteller. And I've been telling stories for 30 years. But I feel that this story... Uh, well, I was meant to tell it because it's about somebody in my own family. It's about my grandpa. I guess you can tell who the grandson is and who the grandfather is. That's me, Lou, and that's my grandpa, Luigi. And even though I was very young when I knew him, I'll never forget those Sunday visits to see him. But as you can see, my grandfather was not that well at this time in his life, so most of my visits were at his bedside for a hug or a pat on the head. What I remember most is there was a day where, he, where I helped him out of bed, this little five-year-old boy helping his grandpa, and he would take me to a bureau with this on it. I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. This is a marble bust that my grandfather carved in his own face when he was 29 years old. He used to let me put his own card, uh, his own hat on, on his own carved head. Then he put his hands on my little shoulders, and he'd say in a very serious voice, I am Luigi, you are Luigi. Well, two years later, I'm at home, and I find this old booklet in uh, my, a drawer, and I ask my mother, Ma, what's this? And when my mother tells me that my grandfather, Luigi, was the chief carver on Mount Rushmore, my jaw dropped to the floor. Can I show this to my class at school tomorrow? I could still remember standing in front of my second grade class at Park Avenue School, holding that booklet and saying, I want to tell you about my grandpa. And that's why I'm here, everybody. That's why we're all here. I want to tell you about my grandpa. His name was Luigi Del Bianco, and he was the chief carver, the only chief carver on this, the Mount Rushmore National Memorial. <clears throat> if you'd like to applaud that, you're welcome. Yeah, Mr. Boardman, and he says, Bianco, you must come to the mountain subito. There is a dangerous crack in the lip of Jefferson with pegmatite stone. You must fix this crack. I trust only you can do it. 
So I say to my, my, my boss, I say, Master, send me a photograph so I can do the job right. And so what do I do, Amici? I leave Port Chester, and I get in my green Chevy, and I drive for 1,800 miles. And because there is no Italian food in South Dakota, I put in the back of my car, provolone, sobrasetta, gabagola, because I have to have my Italian food. And I walk up those 706 steps, Amici, and I take out that crack, and I put in a new piece of stone, and I finish it, and I finish it, and I finish it. And when you are done, Amici, you cannot even tell the crack was there. And I guess you can say that I make Jefferson look nice and pretty, huh? Yeah, very good. Okay. Oh, Amici, I have to go. I have to finish measuring the eyes of the president. But before I go, I want to tell you something. Many people in Porsche yesterday asked me, Luigi, how do you feel to do this work on the mountain? And I say, oh, Amici, it is a great honor. Out of all the artists in America, Mr. Borland chose me, me, Luigi, to do this work. When I was a boy in Italia, I have a dream. To come to America to carve something special. Amici, does my dream come true? See, this is my passion, to be an artist. My friends, do you have a passion? Do you have something you love to do, something you need to do? I tell you, do it. Live your life. Give the gift you have. Live it well, la vita bella. I am Luis Del Bianco, and I thank you for visiting with me today. If this is not the American dream, I don't know what is. And this is an amazing story. And I'm so thrilled to be coming here today. And I know you're thrilled to be here. My grandpa was a very humble man. A lot of people ask me, what did your grandfather do after Mount Rushmore? How do you follow Mount Rushmore, right? <laughs> well, he simply went back to Port Chester, and he continued his headstone business. He carved 500 headstones in our local cemetery. And I, I love when older people come up to me and say, your grandfather, was, your grandfather was the chief carver on Mount Rushmore, and he also carved my mother's headstone. God bless him. So my grandfather had his feet in both worlds. This great icon and the little village of Borchester. And he did it with grace. Here's one of the many uh, headstones he carved. I must finish the faces by the 1st of July and all of them, I need you. He basically needs my grandfather to finish the faces. Your pay will be exactly what it was before and there will be no reductions from it. You're the only man who is on that pay. So just this letter alone shows the importance of Luigi. This letter is even more dire. You better be here by May 1st and I'm glad you will come. You will have to work for me and Lincoln, meaning Gus and son, and nobody else will trouble you. Well, that really gave my uncle and I pause. What does that mean? Well, we later learned this. In a letter to the Mount Rushmore Commission, Borglum complains about the harassment that my grandfather was going through. He said he complained to me within a week of the treatment he was being accorded from the Rapid City office. Rudeness, insolence, and petty dickering about wages. He remained here on my orders, and my accountant will never come again. Luigi quit the mountain at least two times because of some sort of serious harassment. My grandfather was a tough guy. They must have really put the screws to him. I don't know what the details are. But Borglum has to defend his chief carver, and he says, he is worth any three men I could find in America for this particular type of work here and now. He entirely outclassed everyone on the hill. 
He is the only man besides myself who has been on the work and knows the problems and how to instantly solve them. His absence will be a great loss to the work this year. And Borgman ends by saying, the loss of Bianco will probably prevent the finishing of the Washington and Jefferson heads this year. So, fact, when my grandfather quit, finishing on the heads stopped. Okay? So Borglum is desperate. He complains to complain and complain and complain. He says, for the purpose of Washington's red tape, a portion of our better men are designated as carvers. There are no carvers here on the mountain. There has never been but one. And he refused to return because of the chronic sabotage directed at him by influences in Rapid City and the Parks Department. Borglum meets his chief carver. And again, this is with all due respect to the other carvers on the mountain. They, were, they are all to be valued. But I really, Borden's point is very simple. My grandfather was in another category. He was a classically trained artist. So he says, we have to keep Bianco and keep him happy. I will pay the remainder of his salary out of my own pocket. His ability to understand the work is far too important. And so, because out of loyalty to the men he's training and loyalty to Borglum and this great privilege, Bianco returns time and time again. And he says, Bianco, as you know, is back, and his presence emphasizes the frightful handicap this work labors under. He is the only intelligent, efficient stone carver on the work who understands the language of the sculptor. I just wanted to pop in here for a minute to set up this next part of the episode. So you just heard parts of Lou's performance, but now we're getting into the formal ceremony um, where they're actually going to be officially naming Luigi Chief Carver and unveiling the plaque. And you're going to hear some excerpts here from Cam Shawley's speech. And Cam is the Midwest regional director for the U.S. Park Service. And he's the guy who, after 25 plus years of Lou talking with the Park Service, was the one who said, we need to look at this more closely. It's our job to make sure that history is interpreted correctly. And so parts of his speech are really interesting in the analogy that Cam makes to Luigi. And then you'll hear from myself, parts of my speech, and then Gloria, who is Luigi's daughter, gives a beautiful speech. And then, of course, Lou. And again, these are just segments from each of these, not the whole thing, but they're powerful and they're inspiring. And I hope that you're going to really enjoy them. Oh, and one more thing I want to mention about the ceremony, which I wasn't able to capture. Lou's sisters, Amy and Linda, sang a beautiful rendition of the Star Spangled Banner at the beginning of the ceremony. I couldn't capture it with the mobile recorder that I had. However, they were beautiful. And again, I just want to reinforce, this was a huge family event for Lou. A lot of his family was there. The Del Biancos, they were there. They were proud. And it was beautiful. So here it is. Good morning and welcome to all of you. I'm Cheryl Schreier, Park Superintendent, and I'd like to welcome all of you to Mount Rushmore National Memorial. And I'm honored to serve as a Master of Ceremonies this morning for the plaque dedication. We are here today to recognize Luigi Del Bianco as Chief Carver of Mount Rushmore. As Chief Carver, he was responsible for some of the most challenging and expressive aspects of this iconic sculpture. The sculpture continues to inspire millions of people each year who visit Mount Rushmore. I am pleased to be joined today by Cam Shawley, our Regional Director of the Midwest Region, the National Park Service, headquartered in Omaha, Nebraska. And since everybody in here has been on a team at one point or another, you also know there are key players that play pivotal roles on a team at any given point in time. 
I think of an analogy of, since we've got some people from New York here, Mariana Rivera of the New York Yankees. Lots of pitchers, lots of closers. She's probably the best closer that many of us will see in our lifetimes. Contributed significantly to, as a key player, to the Yankees' success in the 90s and 2000s. He only played three, three outs out of 27 each game. And he, only, he didn't play every game. So what made him special amongst a team of great people? And it was his talent, special skills, his ability to apply those talents at the right moments in time to help that team achieve objectives. And Luigi was a key player in an incredible team of players here at Mount Rushmore. Maybe not here for the entire 14 years, but he was unquestionably a person who had a special skill that set him apart from others. A highly trained stone carver who had worked under Borglum previously, got some Borglum, the sculptor, the person who had the vision from Mount Rushmore, trusted Luigi. And I look at many documents in the historical record out of the Library of Congress, there's one that demonstrates the trust that Borglum had in Luigi. Now, this is a pretty complex project. I think everybody would understand that. It's probably not a project you want to make a lot of mistakes on. Uh, mistakes on this memorial, for the most part, could be unrecoverable. So Borglum has to go away for a couple of weeks at a point in time. He writes to Luigi, I shall be away for possibly two weeks and wish you to select two helpers from the men and women, from the men to take up the pointing. First, of Washington's head, the top and the back, also the sides, especially the side towards Lincoln. Second, begin 10 inches below the hair and point and carve the forehead of Washington down to the brow. If this is done before I return, you will finish the side of the temples like the model, Washington. Third, I would like you to point the rest of Washington's face as closely as possible, Lincoln helping you. Lincoln was his son. I have instructed him to check all pointing and be with you in fixing any important points. They can rough off the hair and foreheads of Lincoln, but go only as far as you approve. Now, there's a level of confidence in that statement out of the historical record directly from Borglum that I think is important in demonstrating the trust that he's going to leave the site for weeks and he's going to leave it in the hands of Luigi. Our agency policies on education currently mandate that we facilitate a more in-depth understanding of and personal connection with parks and stories in this country. So it's important as an agency, especially as we receive new information or different viewpoints, that we challenge our thinking and how we convey these stories. We allow for an evolution of decision-making. There are plenty of places in this country, especially the further back in history, uh, where there are ambiguities in the historical record. We do the best job that we can to fill those gaps with the information that we have. How a story, how an event unfolded, what we think happened, multiple perspectives that we have to present. Accuracy is absolutely paramount in what we do. 
American public expect us to be accurate in the reflection of the historical record, and that's what we're doing here today. I'm struck by a few uh, key components I'm going to share with you out of the historical record that I think are important for people that have not read documents out of the Library of Congress, the Borglum Papers. These are Borglum's own words. There are plenty of perspectives about history, but these came directly from Borglum and others close to this project. I return Bianco to his work this morning as Chief Carver. He will have complete charge of the practical ways and means of dealing with the finesse of carving and instructing other carvers. All drilling of all kinds, roughing and finishing, will be directed by the Chief Stone Carver. I've appointed Luigi Bianco for this most important task. Luigi Del Bianco, in charge of close drilling and carving, your duty is to give all your attention and study to carving Jefferson Head and removing the stone between Jefferson Head and Washington Head. You are responsible for the manner of drilling and the amount of stone taken off and the size of the explosions. Borglum to the United States Department of Interior. There are only two men on the entire job who came to us as master workmen. Those are Bianco, Carver, trained by me for the past 12 years. The loss of Bianco and a further document, will probably prevent the finishing of the Washington and Jefferson heads this year. But our approach will continue to evolve. As Americans, we can be very proud of what this memorial stands for. Yes, for the pivotal moments in the past that we shouldn't forget, but also for the optimism we should have in the future. That we can endure severe hardships and challenges like those that have come before us, but know that those hardships and challenges can be overcome together. And the team that created this memorial exemplifies the perseverance of the American spirit. Luigi was a key part of that effort. And like this memorial is standing in perpetuity for the enjoyment of current and future generations, Luigi will always be part of this special place with the team, recognized properly for his role as Chief Carver. Thank you. Now I'd like to offer a few words about the journey Lou and his family here endured, which in my opinion makes this story just as special as Luigi's work here on the mountain. Imagine you are in second grade and you find a pamphlet about the iconic Mount Rushmore National Memorial. You ask your mother what the pamphlet is about and she explains that it was a special project that your grandfather worked on. She explains that he was the chief carver on the memorial. You are as excited as you can be to share this amazing news with everyone you know, especially your fellow second grade classmates. However, soon after, you start to read other books about Mount Rushmore and do further research, and you don't find anything about your grandfather. It's like he wasn't there. What would you do next? Well, Lou Del Bianco made it his life's mission to get his grandfather the credit he deserved for his critical role in shaping the face of America through his role as Chief Carver on Mount Rushmore. I serve as the host of the Italian American podcast and have authored my own book, 40 Days in Italy, both of which are aimed at helping Italian Americans discover their family roots. So when I met Lou, there was just an instant bond. My co-host had told me that we were going to interview a gentleman whose grandfather was one of the Carvers on Mount Rushmore. It sounded interesting. But once we spoke to Lou, I knew this was a very special story that held significant meaning for all Americans. The United States of America 
is a country of immigrants. Some of our ancestors, just like Luigi Del Bianco, came from somewhere else. They came to the United States to create better, happier lives for themselves, and most importantly, for their families. Lou dedicated a good portion of more than 25 years of his life trying to get his grandfather the credit he truly deserved. And in the process, he discovered so much about his family roots as well as the roots of our country. Lou has even tied his career as a performer into his search for the truth as one of his performances casts himself as his grandfather, Luigi Del Bianco, in an effort to bring his grandfather's story the immigrant story to Americans young and old, which is truly inspiring, and some of you got to see that this morning, which was great. Immigrants did shape the United States of America, and in Luigi Del Bianco's case, he shaped the face of one of our most important symbols. Today's unveiling is the culmination of hard work and persistence by many people, led by Lou Del Bianco, and of course, his uncle Caesar, who started it with him <coughs> way back. Congratulations to Lou and the Del Bianco family for persisting in giving American families an example of the importance of understanding and being proud of where you came from. Now I'd like to call up Gloria Del Bianco, Luigi Del Bianco's daughter. I'm Gloria Del Bianco, daughter of Luigi Del Bianco, and formerly Nellie Cartarelli. I was the apple of my father's eye, and vice versa. I know you're wondering how he had a daughter still living. Well, he was 54 when I was born. And as my brother Caesar used to say, you weren't even a thought when Pa was on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and vice versa, the apple of my father's eye. It is with a full and grateful heart that this ceremony to honor and recognize my father, Luigi Del Bianco, as Chief Carver <clears throat> of Mount Rushmore, after many years, is deeply appreciated by myself and my family. I know he would have considered this a great honor bestowed on him, as he often said himself that it was a privilege granted to him to work on Mount Rushmore. It took long and arduous hard work by many, along with sculptor, architect, Gutsum Borglum, to make this shrine of democracy. Today, more than ever, we are reminded of how democracy cries out for one of equality for all. As Borglum stated, a man has a right to be free and to be happy. It has been a long road to my father's recognition as Chief Carver. My father was a, um, a man of eloquence integrity, loyalty, intelligence, kindness, artistry, humor, humility, and strength. And I'd like to share some of what that means. He left Mount Rushmore a few times due to some issues he experienced at the mountain, but his loyalty to his master, Gutsum Borglum, 
in resolving those issues made him return. They both were stubborn men, and one time my brother Vincent heard them talking about how the stone should be approached. Borglum insisted on one way, my father, a granite expert, on another. Borglum finally said, you are so stubborn, Louis. And my father said with his thick Italian accent, I have it to be with you. <laughs> As your Rumble, a carver and foreman on the mountain, as the men referred to Mount Rushmore. Also, when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt visited the monument for an unveiling one time, he asked my father, Mr. Del Bianco, are you Italian? <laughs> and without hesitation, my father said, 100%. <laughs> I wish I had longer to share more with you today. I want to thank all of those who helped to make this recognition come to fruition. On my brother's deathbed, I whispered in my brother's ear on the phone, this recognition will be done, I promise you that. The torch was then passed to my nephew to get the job done. All the Del Biancos especially thank the National Park Service for the recognition, your dedication to do the right thing for history is now complete. Last but most importantly, I want to thank my nephew, Lewis, for his dedication in seeing this journey fraught with many roadblocks. Fraught with many roadblocks. Never wavering in his dedication and perseverance to garner this accomplishment and rightful place in history for his grandfather. Thank you, Mr. Del Bianco. God bless you. God bless America. And congratulations, Mr. Luigi Del Bianco, Chief Carver of Mount Rushmore, National Monument of the United States of America. And now it gives me great honor, great honor, pride, and love to introduce my nephew, Mr. Louis Del Bianco. Now I can begin. To tell you the truth, I don't know where to begin. I really don't. How do you squeeze 25 years into a five-minute speech? The answer is you don't. All you can do is reflect on the journey and cull from it the thoughts and feelings that sing out to you the most. So right now, I really don't know what to think. I do know, however, what I feel. Right now, I feel thankful. I feel grateful. 
Maya Angelou said, when we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. So bear with me. I'm going to thank a lot of people. I'd like to start by thanking sculptor Michael Koropian for this beautiful plaque. I would like to thank Rex Allen Smith, the author of The Carving of Mount Rushmore, a fantastic book that doesn't mention the chief carver, Luigi Del Bianco, once. You're probably wondering, why am I thanking Rex Allen Smith? Well, he inspired my Uncle Caesar and I to start searching for the truth in 1986. That's right, 1986. Thank you, Richard Sarazani, whose beautiful book, Love Letters from Mount Rushmore, features his talented father, Arthur, who in 1940 wrote, there is only one man working on the faces, and that is Bianco. I want to thank author and historian Howard Schaff, who encouraged Caesar and me to research the Borglum Papers at the Library of Congress. It was there where I helped my uncle uncover the very documents that slowly paved the way for this historic recognition today. To the many Italian-American advocacy groups I have spoken to over the years, Sons of Italy, Unico, the Friends of Italian Culture in Wilmington, Delaware, who are represented today. These are just to name a few. Thank you for writing letters, for making phone calls, signing petitions, for hugging me, for kissing me, for feeding me <laughs> in more ways than one. To New York State Senator George Latimer and Congresswoman Nita Lowy, who were the first politicians to take up the gauntlet for Luigi. Thank you, Sean Herbert and Taryn Grimes Herbert. You're, Sean, your amazing CBS news stories about Luigi have reached so many. And now with CBS Sunday morning, this Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, by the way, um, millions will know about this special day. Taryn, your guidance has gotten me through many a rough patch. We are so lucky that you both came into our lives, not only as consummate professionals, but as dear friends. To my publisher, Anthony Fasano, thank you for your passion, your sincerity, and most of all, your commitment to publishing my book, a book that will surely shine a light on a story that has been a long time coming. I think Luigi has a bright future with you. I want to thank my family, my gregarious, powerful, Amazonian sisters, <laughs> my wife Camille's family, also my family. Many of you are here today. It's great to see you all together. I love you so much. You mean so much to me, and your support and love is deeply felt. To my Aunt Gloria, what can I say? Aunt Gloria, you became the precious conduit to Grandpa when Caesar no longer pushed you. You, along with Caesar and my father, will forever, forever be my link to the past, and a glorious past it was. Thank you for always having a new idea, a new insight, for calling me at 10 p.m. with 10 detailed questions, and then after hanging up, calling me back again with more questions. <laughs> and then five minutes later, the phone would ring again, and I would pick up and imitate your father who used to exclaim, Gloria. You want to bother me? <laughs> you can bother me anytime. <laughs> My Uncle Caesar is no longer with us, but his presence is felt, no doubt about it. Uncle Caesar, you started it all. It was you who said, not mentioning my father is like talking about the Yankees and not mentioning DiMaggio. How right you were. I remember fondly the many trips to Washington with you to explore, to research, to find Grandpa. You and I had quite the adventure. 
Rooming with you in a hotel for four nights was an adventure in itself. That's a whole other story. I want to thank you for enlisting me to help you on your mission to give your old man his due. It meant so much to me when you said, Nefu, you got to do this after I'm gone. Gabish. Well, I did it, Chess. We did it. How could I possibly begin to thank my wife, Camilla? To say you have been a vital part of this whole journey would be an understatement. From our first trip together to Mount Rushmore in 1988, you have always been there, selflessly and generously behind the scenes, supporting me, collaborating with me, and being my sounding board for many of the difficult decisions I've had to make. Your ingenious ideas at the crack of dawn are awe-inspiring. You are brilliant and beautiful, and I love you so much. And I know Luigi does, too. To National Park historians Bob Sutton and Tim Good, who examined those 75 primary source documents where Guts and Borglum wrote, we could double our progress if we had two like Bianco. Gentlemen, your recommendation for recognition came easily and swiftly because you saw the facts and you acted on them. Bravo. To Cam Shali, or as I like to call him, Mr. Game Changer. You really are a game changer, Cam. You sent me Bob and Tim, you did your job and you did it well, but more important, you accepted the historic evidence of my grandfather's place on the mountain and you helped me to change the record for good. You are my hero. Mm. Finally, I'd like to thank my grandpa. who, when I was born, insisted that I be given his name. Grandpa, I did not know you well. But I will never forget your Roman face, your long, sinewy hands, and your tired voice beckoning. Come, Luigi, give your grandpa a hug. You were the first person I remember ever hugging me. Now, 50 years later, I get to hug you back with this beautiful pie. I'm ready to do this. Thank you. All right, so now this is the story segment of the episode where we typically will either read a story from a listener or just talk about one of our family memories. But this is, of course, a special episode we're bringing to you from South Dakota, from the Mount Rushmore National Memorial. And we've been highlighting Luigi Del Bianco. We've talked to Lou Del Bianco, his grandson, who I'm here with again. And right now, this is the day after the ceremony where Luigi was officially named Chief Carver. I spent some time with the family this morning. We watched CBS Sunday morning and we saw the story, which was great. And now we're kind of just standing here under the monument. It's the first time we were able to see it this weekend because, <laughs> because the fog's been here, but it, it is beautiful. We're, we're staring up at it. And uh, I guess, Lou, this is kind of reflection after everything's happened. How are you feeling? today i think i'm i know i'm still i'm still processing it i'm yeah. still it's not real yet yeah I, it just isn't it was very real when i got up to speak because i was so overcome with emotion particularly when i got to my wife camille because she's been such such a support and such um a champion of this story but when i started talking about my grandfather at the end I was surprised at the emotions I was feeling because I knew him for such a short time. And I've had much longer relationships with other people in my family. And I love them, but he's been such a big part of the fabric of my life, you know, and looking for him. And 
being inspired by him. And just that hug from him and showing me his statue and saying that we were connected and being the namesake and that Italian pride that he felt that his grandson was going to carry on his legacy. It just all culminated yesterday in my speech and it caught me by surprise. But I wasn't embarrassed. I was like, okay, the weight of this is really finally hitting me. But now that it's the day afterwards, I'm back in the twilight zone. I'm like, oh, you know, what's going on, man? This is this is too much. It was it was a lot going on here the last few days. <coughs> the ceremony was beautiful, and you all heard some of that on this episode earlier on. And seeing it on CBS again was just great to to start to get the recognition. I think one of the things that's become apparent here the last few days, and just us talking with random people that have come up to us, and we've talked to them about Luigi and their reception to it, is that. And I think this is in character of Luigi, is that this story can inspire people to look into their family histories. We met a woman who just came up to us in the restaurant, and she started talking about how her grandfather helped to build the church in Minneapolis, and she really wants to go back and get his name on the plaque. Get out! I didn't know that. Yeah, so... so cool. I think that... And she wasn't Italian-American. No. There you go. And it's just a story. And that's, and again, I had the, the pleasure to work with Lou on his book that came out, Out of Rushmore Shadow, which I hope you all check out. It's rushmorebook.com. And it really tells the story because what you're hearing about on this episode is the official naming, which is great. But this is 25 plus years in the making. And the mm. book, Lou's Journey, I mean, it's a story. Everyone we talked to has said that the book is just, they can't put it down because they're telling a story of doing something a lot of people give up on, which is going after your family history, being proud of what your family accomplished, and you wanting to get them the recognition. And so it's been great. And I would imagine that Luigi is happy today somewhere. Yeah, I think he is. I I don't know what form Grandpa is in right now, yeah. whether he's part of the stars. <laughs> Whether he's in the ether of the universe, uh, but he's so strongly felt yeah. by me and by everybody. And well, by you, Anthony. You're his adopted uh, great <laughs> I'm going to say great-grandson because yeah. you're a little younger than me. <laughs> well, just to end this, this whole episode off, if you had something, if you could get a message to Luigi, what would it be? What would you say to him today after all this? Oh, man. I never knew how much I loved you until yesterday when I spoke about you to the people at Rushmore and how, how proud I am of you. Wow. That's it. That's great. All right. So there you have it from Lou Del Bianco. We're at the mountain. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, again, check his book out at rushmorebook.com. I know you won't be able to put it down and all the documents and the images are in there and it's going to take you on the journey with him. And I think it's in some ways the journey there was, this was an end or a milestone, but in some ways it's just beginning and we're both excited. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to Dolores and she's going to finish this one off. We hope you enjoyed this trip to Mount Rushmore and that you enjoyed being a part of this special day for Italian-Americans and as well for our country. Okay, as always, don't forget to connect with us via social media. You can find us on Instagram at Italian-American or on Twitter at ITalAmerican. And we are on Facebook at Italian-American Podcast. A presto! A presto!